Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow, and I'm a sports writer at the Daily Emerald. Along with me today is Jack Butler, and we're live. Well, this is recorded. We went over this prior to the podcast, but this is from our hotel in Sacramento, California. We're here covering the NCAA first and second round of the men's tournament. And Oregon won its first round game against Iona yesterday, Friday. This is Saturday, March 18th. It's 8.43 p.m. for specifics. They beat Iona yesterday, Oregon, and it was a pretty convincing win for the most part, I think. And now they face Rhode Island tomorrow. We're going to briefly recap the Iona game, and then we're going to dive into Rhode Island from there. But, Jack, what what are your takeaways from the Iona win for Oregon? Well, the, the fact that they won so comfortably for the most part is just all you can ask for if you're a Duck fan or if you're on that team. Um, they obviously let Iona get back in the game towards the end, and forced Dana Altman to continue to play Brooks, Dorsey, that, that starting five. But really all you could ask for, they won, you know, they, they won the boards, they out-rebounded Iona. They were able to come out at halftime and really put them away then. Peyton Pritchard uh, came out. I think he was like three of four from, from beyond the arc coming out of half. It, they, they put him away early. Guys like Cavell Bigby-Williams, who is really important with Chris Boucher going down, he played well. He he didn't have a block, but he was altering shots at the rim. He did a good job of hedging screens. Um, Iona was, when he was out there, they were clearly going after him, trying to put him in tough situations, and he handled it fairly well. And, and you know, guys like Dorsey were getting to the rim. It was pretty much all you could ask for. And we talked, you, you spoke right there about Peyton Pritchard. We spoke with the team afterwards in the locker room, a luxury we only get here at the NCAA tournament rather than just the press conference situation back at Matthew Knight Arena. And now, we spoke with Pritchard, but we, we have a great quote here about Tyler Dorsey, who really went off once again. So we're going to play that quote for you now. But Tyler could get off in any game, you know, he's a, a deadly scorer, so we know he could, he could go off at any time, and, you know, just to have him on a team, uh, to play with him, is, uh, it's crazy, you know, it's easy, gets you easy assists and all that. And there you hear Pritchard talking about how Tyler just goes off in any game, and he really did in this game against Iona. He's the Mr. March Madness at this point. I think it's safe to say he's had a good tournament last year, and he's had another good one this year. It'll be interesting to see how tempted he is to head to the draft, maybe go to the NBA, because he's looking really good. The sophomore out of the Los Angeles area playing some good basketball right now, and UCLA's here, so Los Angeles people here as well. I think his mom was in the crowd at the Iona game as well. But we're going to jump into, I think it's a good time now. That's enough on Iona. That's the pass. We have to look forward to tomorrow's game against the University of Rhode Island, the Rams. They bring a lot of interesting things to this game, I think, against Oregon. Some stuff that maybe Oregon hasn't seen before in the Pac-12. And Rhode Island, just a little summary, because I'm sure Duck fans listening don't really know much about the Rams. Well, they went 24-9 and in the Atlantic 10, winning 10, or winning the Atlantic 10 tournament in Pittsburgh to clinch their berth to the NCAA tournament. But they convincingly defeated 
number six ranked Creighton or seeded Creighton in the first round. They looked really good in that game. Creighton was really a lot of sorts, and Rhode Island seemed much in control on that one. And they have a lot of height. They have several players who are over 6'5", who are dominant. You have Cron Iverson, who's really maybe not the shot blocker, but that's where you get Hassan Martin, who can do that. And that's what's going to be big, because 6'9", Iverson is a three-point threat. There's a lot of players who can do a lot of work against Oregon. And, I mean, Rhode Island had 28 of 31 free throws go in against Creighton. So they're pretty hot right now. And something that was spoken about was the 9-0, um, the 9-0 momentum that's carrying on for them. They're on that streak right now. And that's, that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. We have a quote from Dylan Brooks about what he thinks Rhode Island bring. They're very different. And I feel like we match up pretty well with them. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to stick to our game plan and, um, you know, try to make it to the next uh, weekend. You know, I believe in momentum. And, uh, you know, our team is momentum stoppers. You know, we uh, took down UCLA when they were on the run and, uh, and USC in the same weekend. So, uh, you know, I feel like that, you know, momentum is one thing, but, you know, toughness and focus and, uh, you know, being patient with it is, uh, is another. So I think we're ready for it. So... That was Brooks talking about coming into this game, and I think that says a lot. Talking about you have a lot of uh, a lot of background, and he he knows how to shoot some game winners against teams who are hot. And he brought up UCLA in that quote as well. So, looking at this Rams team, Jack, what what are we what are we what are we in store for here at the Golden One Center tomorrow? Well, defense from Rhode Island's perspective. They're a team that wants to slow down, get, you know, get teams in a half-court game, and then, you know, be able to suffocate them with defense. Uh, in terms of, in terms of uh, shot blocking, they're second in the nation in block percentage, only behind Oregon. They're second in the nation in holding opponents three-point shooting to 29.1 percent the second lowest in the country, and, you know, they, they go at a really slow pace. They have the 27th best defensive efficiency in the nation, according to Ken Palm. Um, you know, they, they want to slow it down. They sort of want to funnel you into Hassan Martin, who's one of the best shot blockers in the nation. It'll be interesting to see how guys like Brooks and Dorsey are able to finish at the rim. Dorsey's been hyper-aggressive lately in, in getting towards the rim. We'll see as, as the game goes on if Hassan is able to block some shots, if that's something that deters guys like Brooks and Dorsey from continuing to go to the rim, and maybe the Ducks will start to settle from outside, and, and that is something that you know Rhode Island will probably want them to do, even though the Ducks are such a good three-point shooting team. They will want to, you know, they, they do want to force outside shots. But, you know, this, this is a team, like, like we just said, that's won nine in a row. I mean, in terms of overall efficiency ratings, you know, they rank up there with the Michigan States and Arkansas and, and not too far from Butler, which is, I believe, a, a four seed. So, you know, the 11 seed can be deceiving. And you look at it and go, the Ducks a three seed, 11 seed, this should be easy. Um, but, but this should be, I, I expect it to be a fairly close game. But... What I would look for early is to see who's deciding the tempo. If the Ducks 
the Ducks are superior athletically, so if they can get out and run and start to be effective in transition and utilize that athleticism, that's in their favor, whereas if the game's slow half court, that's in Rhode Island's favor. So that's an early indicator of how this game might go. Rhode Island's known for slowing the game down. That's their, their go-to. And you brought up the defense, the defensive um, thinking for the game. Jordan Bell talked about that. So here's a quote from him today at practice or after practice about the matchup against Rhode Island. We know they're a very tough um, defensive team. They're very big, very physical, so we know it's going to be a tough matchup tomorrow. Most of the teams we played against are mostly off offensive-minded. Um, with them, like most teams we play, have to focus on our offense. This team has to really focus on our defense, which means we have to be more uh, focused on offensive and have to really move the basketball and be unselfish. And that was Bell talking about, well, I told you before, the defense. And that's just something that will have to be looked on in this one. And, I think that tempo that you brought up there, Jack, moments ago, that's going to play a huge role in this game. Uh, the upset win over Creighton, I don't really think you can call it much of an upset. A lot of people had Rhode Island to win that one, mm -hmm. but they were forcing a lot of missed layups. They were controlling that rim. And that's going to be interesting because Oregon knows how to do that. And you brought up this blocking shot statistic there with the, the percentage, and I think that shows exactly what this game's going to be. This could be something that Sports Center is going to love with some shot blocks, or blocked shots, I should say. And it's going to be fun, but, you know, something that I think Oregon has that Rhode Island doesn't, and that is depth. Rhode Island had four points come from its bench in the win over Creighton, and the Ducks, they kind of use the bench a lot, in comparison at least. I think in comparison to other teams, they don't, but... In, comparison to Rhode Island they do so that'll be an interesting one the tip-off time is 4 10 p.m. Oregon played an 11 a.m. game on Friday they don't get that much more time than Rhode Island does but they didn't have as much of a struggle against Iona so there's gonna be a little bit more of this healthy feeling I think about the Oregon players yeah and this is by far the best team that Rhode Island has seen this this year I mean if you look at their schedule they played duke early when duke had a lot of guys out they beat a cincinnati team that's actually playing here in sacramento it's going to play ucla tomorrow as well and then you know by the time they got into the athletic 10 conference it you know vcu i think was technically the best team in that well i guess rhode island was but vcu probably the best team they they played so the you know the athleticism is something that they they haven't seen um you know a full duke squad certainly you could argue was better than was better than the ducks but they they caught duke early in the year when when they weren't quite playing as well as they are now so sort of sort of tough to look at that matchup and try and figure out how they might play the ducks but you know we we talk about all their their defensive efficiencies well on the other end of the floor you know, there, there are plenty of inefficiencies, and there are 66% free throw shooting as a team, and that is quite bad. Um, the other day, you know, in, in the game against Creighton, I, I think they, you know, they made 28 of their, of their 31. So, they, you know, maybe they're shooting really well. Maybe there's something in the water here in Sacramento that they like, but you, you'd assume that might fall back to average. Um, so if this does become a, a tight game, uh, look, you know, the Ducks... Uh, can pretty much foul have a lot of options in terms of people they can foul and you know if you watch basketball you know that 
games can be determined by if you hit your free throws. Um, they're not a good, they're not a great three-point shooting team. I mean, 33% as a team isn't isn't bad, but they, but they don't they don't take them in volume like Iona did. So Oregon doesn't have to worry as much about the three-point shooting in this game. But you know, they shoot 50% from from two-point, and and obviously, you if you shot 50% in a game, especially against Oregon, they would take that. So. It'll be interesting there, you know, and again, defensively, they're mostly man, and, and that's what you have to do against Oregon because if you go zone, Oregon will, will, will destroy you. I think Iona came out in a 1-3-1 zone at halftime, after halftime, and that's when Peyton Pritchard just hit some threes on him. So that scouting report will be an interesting one because, because their head coach is brothers with Bob Hurley, who is the Arizona State head coach, so... Dan Hurley has been speaking to him um, pretty much all day. He said at his press conference that he did, thinks he doesn't go, you know, 20 minutes without speaking to his brother about Oregon. And, and he talked about how the, the depth of coaching and the quality coaching in the Pac-12, that means that there's a lot of tape on various styles on how to attack Oregon. So he, you have to feel going into the game, you know, with as much – considering they only have a short period of time to game plan as, as solid as a game plan as you might be able to have. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how Rhode Island comes out in this one and obviously how the Ducks come out in this one. And they'll, they'll be the favorite. But I think, you know, we were actually in the locker room watching it with them towards the end of our media availability, watching number one seed and defending champ Villanova go down to Wisconsin. So you'd have to think you know we got a we got a front row look at a team watching the defending champs and number one seed fall so you know you'd have to hope that they wouldn't take the fact that there's such a difference in seeding for granted and come out slow and you know that you don't think dana altman would let that happen but we shall see and it's going to be interesting because I mean, they love – I mean, it's March Madness, and they were talking about how they love March Madness. So they were joking with Dylan Brooks in the locker room about that – the fact that Villanova needed maybe a, a three-pointer to win it. They drove in the end and then lost the ball and didn't win the game. And they were joking to Dylan Brooks about, hey, you're good in those situations that <laughs> – Where's Dylan Brooks was, I think, what Boucher had said, or Dylan Ennis himself maybe joking with uh, with Brooks about it, and they had the locker room laughing and some good vibes in there, but it'll be interesting. I don't know. Who steps up in that game, though? That's what's going to be key. I think, is it going to be a single player? We saw Tyler Dorsey be the big man, but really there was a lot of scoring coming from everywhere in the first game, but this one's going to be a bit more of a test. So... Jack, I don't know. I, I say everyone's going to have their eyes on Dylan Brooks, so it might not be Brooks, but I think Dorsey's going to be someone that they might target. I know Cavell Bigby-Williams will be a target because he's the big man. So is it going to have to be the kid Peyton Pritchard? It might. I mean, it, it very well could be the beauty of this Oregon basketball team is that anybody can strike offensively at any time. Even Casey Benson has had his games where he just is – on fire beyond the arc even jordan bell has now developed some post moves so you know you, that's not what you want to rely on but if there's a stretch where he needs to post up he might be able to put some 
Baskets in there. I mean, it was truly a balanced attack against Iona, but Iona's far from the defensive team that Rhode Island is. So, you know, it's the NCAA tournament now, and, it, you know, regardless of seed or rankings or whatever, they're in the same spot as Oregon. So it's going to take a, a battle for everybody. Everybody's going to have to chip in like they did against Iona. Um, obviously, coming off the bench, Bigby Williams instead of Chris Boucher, He's going to have to play really well. We even saw some early Keith Smith minutes. He's just out there for energy and defense. So everybody's going to have to chip in. Um, if you know, if it's if it's one guy carrying this team, that that might spell trouble. Just given how good of a defensive team Rhode Island is. So if Oregon comes out and hits them with a balanced attack, you know, you, as good of a defense as they are, you can, you can get them scrambling. And that's going to be what's interesting, I think, to to see how Oregon reacts to it. And I don't know if that defense that Rhode Island produces, if that scares away Oregon. It might. I don't think it will. I think Oregon kind of likes that challenge. We saw the physical play yesterday against Iona, and it seemed like they kind of liked it. Dylan Brooks having to deal with Jordan Washington, chatting him up. And then he walks straight up to him and puts a three on him. That was incredible. I think that this team is capable of doing it. And, I mean, tomorrow's going to be it's gonna be fun. So, yes or no question, do they advance? You know, I'd say yes. I'm going to pose the same question to you. Yes. So there you have it. Oregon's going to go through, folks. <laughs> you heard it from Sacramento right here in our hotel room. I'm Sean Meadow. I'm Jack Butler. And thanks for tuning in to the Emerald Podcast Network. So that's all for today. To hear more from, from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. We have a very convenient pull-down bar on the right side, straight on the homepage. And feel free to leave us a comment on SoundCloud, Twitter, or straight on the Emerald website. Thanks for listening.